Welcome to this episode of Rock Talk with Mitch Lafon. And yes, I could probably say that faster if you really wanted me to, but uh, let us just get on to the show. Uh, joining me on the phone right now, it is the co-hostess with the mostess. Is that, can we say that? Uh, Alan Niven. Bonjour, Monsieur Alain. How are you? Bonjour. I am very well. And we don't have to get into it, but I'm going to say I actually broke quarantine today, went into a local... Uh, it used to be, it's a bar, and it used to be a bar whorehouse. So you can go in there and see the uh, staircase leading up to the uh, two cubbies for the girls. Um, and went in there and had uh, a meal today. And a lot of people were in there, and everybody seemed to have an attitude of virus, what virus? So on we go. Oh, oh my Lord. Oh, my Lord. But uh, I guess that's in Arizona. Are Are things there... A little more lax, or it's Arizona, right? Okay, There's I gotcha. A different mentality here. Yeah, it's a, a lot different. Uh, in Montreal, we are the seventh most deadliest place on earth right now in terms of COVID. So it's like, oh, hey, look at us, top ten for dying. Oh, wow, that's good. Ugh, anyway, let's yeah. let us move on to uh, to rock and roll. Uh, on the phone, or on soon to be on the phone, is Ace Van Johnson. He is currently in L.A. Guns, but also uh, Moonlights in Faster Pussycat, which you gotta love. Yeah, um, you know they're L.A. bands who, uh, you know, kind kind of came out of that sort of quasi um, Keith Richards kind of vibe. Um, I don't know if Keith would agree with me, but, you know, they're bands who try to make rock and roll sound good. Now, one of the things we talk about with Ace is not only does he play guitar with these bands, but he also has to do other things to to keep moving forward. So he does voiceover work for Netflix and other companies. Back in your time... When L.A. Gun not L.A. Guns, when Great White was running around, when Rat was running around, when Dawkins was running around, Guns N' Roses, was that common that after they got off the road for some of these bands in their, you know, formative years, that they would have to go back to the nine, nine to five working at a deli or working at uh, taxi driving or, or is this sort of a new reality for rock stars that when you get off the road, you gotta have to go pay the bills by doing something very, you know, humanly. Well, back in the day, fortuitously maybe, or maybe because it was sound fiscal management, um, once those I was working with got signed, um, they did not have to go back to pumping gas or doing whatever. But prior to getting signed, survival was an art form. And... I must confess that as non-PC as this is, there's been more than once where I've had a meeting with a band and said, what do you think girlfriends are for? They're supposed to support you until you can support yourself. And pointed out that, you know, if you're going to have a girlfriend, if she's got a credit card, that might be an added bonus for the relationship. So you actually had to check the wallet before anywhere. Now, uh... But for, oh, for there were members of Guns N' Roses who definitely checked the wallet first and sometimes didn't even stay for the relationship. 
<laughs> See, the good old days. But but that said, you know, uh, what Ace has to do and what a lot of the other guys in other bands have to do is exceptionally respectful. It, it, it is what it is. You have to do that. The the economy around... It's also life and balance. Yes, and the economy around around music is very different. You know, I... I get a chance to see what goes on locally in Montreal and Ottawa, and they'll be, hey, this band, and we're not talking L.A. Guns, but they'll say, hey, this band's playing, blah, blah, blah. They're doing a, a North American tour. Or they're doing four dates in Canada. And you're like, how much are you paying them? And they're like, 1500 And you go, you go, but there are five people in the band. You go, yeah, we're paying them 1500 And you're like, wow, they're going all this way for 1500 That's that's No, is that kind of... No, the, no, the thing I like about that is that they're coming all this way because they can play a gig and play it in a city that's interesting and exciting or one they haven't been in before. And I like that sense of balance to approach. They're not just there for the paycheck. They're there because they want to play their tunes. And that is cool. And, you know, life and balance is not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, not everybody is suited to being a full-time musician and there are definitely not that many people who are suited to being full-time rock stars because we all see what a what a spiral that can turn into so you know oh, yeah to, ha- to have another occupation to have a, some other form of earning a little bit of income whether you're doing graphic design or something or voiceovers you know that's creative too and that's cool and if you've got a life in balance, it's more likely that you might actually have something worth saying in your music and your art. If you're just bitching about being up in Malibu and you can't find somebody to get your uh, motorbike out of the bottom of the swing pool, the rest of us don't have those problems and don't relate. Yeah, you're right. And uh, Ace also says in the interview that his ultimate goal would be to own a dog rescue or a dog sort of palliative care place, you know, where the dogs sort of go live out their last little. And and I'm down with that. I mean, I, I love animals. You see me on Twitter and Facebook posting about my dog and walking my dog and my dog, my dog, my dog. So, you know, that that's actually probably a very wise plan. Ride the L.A. guns faster pussycat thing until... You know, don't don't be at eighty five years old playing sex action. You just go, and then when it's <laughs> right, yeah, right, you know, and right. when, it's, when it's time to step aside gracefully, have a good. Anyway, listen, this conversation was ace was was aces. He was really forthcoming, very nice, upfront, and uh, we talk everything, including his social media presence. And uh, anyway, let's let's get into the one and only. Here is the one, the only L.A. Gun. Bullet Boy, or sorry, Faster Pussycat. Not that there's anything wrong with the Bullet Boys, but here's Ace Van Johnson. We are speaking with a guitarist extraordinaire, the one, the only, Ace Von Johnson of, of course, L.A. Guns and Faster Pussycat. In fact, Ace, let me ask you, are you still doing Faster Pussycat, or is it really just L.A. Guns now? Uh, it's predominantly, I'm pretty much just doing L.A. Guns uh, now. Uh, it's, you know, I... I the joke I make is I'm like a, the fifth beetle, I guess. I mean, I talk to, I talk to everyone in pussycat at least once a week. Um, I think I was on the phone with Tammy maybe about three weeks ago, but you know, that's sort of par for the course, but, uh, you know, it's hard to say cause nobody's really uh, playing at all right now. So I, I subbed out on the last full tour in the fall in a uh, summer into the fall, uh, with my, my buddy, Sam, bam Colton. And, uh, 
You know, I, I, there was, uh, I had intended on doing a show with them actually last month, but you know, with the whole COVID thing, um, that didn't really work out. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's really, it's kind of not my place to say, you know, after 10 years, nine and a half years with the band, that's like, it's still always going to be kind of my band in, in the sense that obviously I'm not, I, I know it's like, I'm not an original member. I'm not on the classic records, but you got to consider after 10 years, I mean, that's, that's a fucking lifetime, man. So for me, I, it's not like I just washed my hands of it. I'm just still very involved. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, I know that I'm on the, what the stuff that Tammy's working on right now I've co- contributed to. So I would imagine if, and whenever that, that should come out, that my performance will still be in there in some capacity or another. So it's, to me, it's still like, uh, my, uh, you know, something I'm involved in. And I've, I've heard varying degrees from varying members, depending on their mood. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I always go straight to the horse's mouth and, and I love Tammy to death. And, you know, I just go with what he tells me and, and I'm sure it, God willing, uh, I will be back on stage with them at some point, but for the really long answer to a short question, uh, I'm pretty much just doing LA guns at this point. He's doing LA guns uh, and, uh, and I'll move on from faster pussycat just out of this. Sure. But of course, since we're talking about, uh, COVID Chad was uh, afflicted from COVID, wasn't he? Was he not? He, yes, he was. That's correct. You actually spoke with him yesterday afternoon. He's, he's recovered really well. I don't know entirely the whole ordeal because I think he got a little burnt out discussing it, but, uh, I know he got really sick and I touched base with him several times and he was, you know, sort of, you know, I'm fine. Leave me alone. I'll talk to you later. And then, uh, he was in the hospital for several days and he said, I'm fine. Leave me alone. I'll talk to you later. And then, uh, (laughs) that's like our rapport. And, uh, I called him when he got out and he was, you know, a little worrisome, but he was seemed fine. And, you know, now he's back to his old, uh, you know, Bloody his Mary, old self, yeah, bloody, a, bloody Mary chugging ways, bloody Mary chugging. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a he's an incredibly great person. And uh, the last time I sort of got to hang out with you guys as Faster Pussycat was at M three in two thousand eighteen, I guess it was, and the performance yeah. was just fantastic. And of course, uh, I got to be tambourine player for a night. So no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, before I move on from that, just real quick, uh, Ace at Ace Von Johnson on Twitter yeah. is by far. One of my favorite accounts, uh, you interact with me, you interact with my buddy Jeremy White, but also with the fans. They're always sending you questions and comments and a picture, and you've always got time and you've always got a comment. Just quickly talk to me about how important is, is it for you to be social and to be active on social media? Does it help the career? Does it help your perception? Does, or is it just something you do because that's ah, fun? Uh, how much of it is actually great public relations? I, I mean, it's kind of all of the above. I, 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 you know, I don't know. I don't even know how to get back to that because a lot of it just seems like a, uh, obvious necessity that comes along with, um, what I do. But the thing is, it's also, you know, it, what goes without saying that I'm not Nikki six or I'm not, you know, Lars Ulrich or whoever I I'm not too, uh, big or cool or famous or whatever it, the case may be to, to get on there and engage. And if I have time, I don't mind at all, you know, as long as it's not some, somebody being a jackass, but, uh, it's, it's all, it's like you said, it's kind of all of the above. So I enjoy it to a certain degree. Um, I, I know it's important for the bands that I play in, whether it's this, that, or the other thing that, you know, that I'm contributing in that sense. And it's important to me as someone who's got a small, albeit, you know, uh, 
whatever uh, brand, if you will. And, and I, I, you know, I think it, like I said, it's a necessity. And so, um, you know, especially when touring and reaching it, you know, like, Hey, what time are you guys playing tomorrow? Okay. You know, see you at 10:30, and, uh, and whatnot. And also, you know, there's so many different facets to, to my, me beyond, uh, just being a guitar player in whatever, you know, band du jour or whatever it is. And, and I try to utilize all that, you know, encompass all of it because, uh, you know, I do a lot of animal rescue advocacy and connecting the dots and, and other things. And, you know, I have other interests besides being, uh, the guitar player of, of said band or whatever it is. And, and, and it all, like I said, it sort of ticks all the boxes. So if, if I can network for a dog in South Dakota and find it a home, great. If I can find someone that can help me obtain a obscure horror movie poster from 1972, great. If I can respond to someone that's asking if I have a t-shirt and a medium, great. You know, so it, it just kind of does all the things. And, and I think it's, it's imperative, uh, for, people at whatever level you want to, you know, sort of put me on. I don't, I don't, you know, an F level music celebrity. I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, as, I, I, I don't as, think that's necessarily fair to say. I mean, well, I'm just being, I'm, I'm being self-deprecating, right? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's my MO, but, but uh, I, go ahead. Go well, ahead. I do want to ask you about this because I do see the animal advocacy come up quite a bit and every yeah. so often. And even last night I posted a couple of pictures of my dog and he's he's a rescue, absolutely yeah. a rescue. We, he the story was a truck driver found him on the road somewhere, and and, and eventually he filtered down to me. Um, talk to me about that and how how important is that? And, and other than just posting on Twitter, hey, there's a dog here. Do, do you go down to the shelters? Do you volunteer? Do you have like twelve dogs at home? What what's sort of the the real world uh, part of that for you? Well, the real world part of it is, is that I've done a few, um, stints volunteering. It's just, uh, without sounding, um, callous, I just, I don't have as much time as I'd like to, to dedicate to something like that when I'm, um, you know, well, listen, it happens. I, I, I have to, You're busy. I have to, yeah, I'm busy and I, and I do voiceover work as well. Um, so, uh, you know, between being sort of, a self-employed musician slash voice actor slash, you know, I mean, I can't even, I can't even get into the list of stuff that I, I, I busy myself with, but it seems like it's a lot. And I, and, and, you know, I might sound, you know, sort of arrogant there, but it, it is what it is. But it, I, if I had more time and if I was a, you know, I don't mean to like sort of put anyone on a pedestal, but if I had as much, uh, financial liberty or whatnot as maybe someone in Motley Crue or Metallica or Iron Maiden or whatever, I would like to think that I'd be able to do more, but you know, realistically I have to, um, allocate as much of my time to work, work. But that being said, I mean, I've appeared at so many different, um, functions and events and whatnot and, and spoken and, and, and given as much time as I can. And a lot of it, like I said, is, is just the advocacy. And I, I've done a few campaigns. I mean, I partnered with best friends, animal society. Uh, I did a thing in the fall with, um, uh, Oh shoot. What is it called? There's a stack of posters. They sent me here. Um, show your soft side, uh, which is a great anim anti animal abuse, um, campaign that I believe was started by someone in the NFL. And so, uh, and they had a few, um, like Tommy Lee and, uh, Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm and a, a few notable people and they approached me and I, I did that. So I, I, you know, again, like I, 
um, try to give and do and uh, apply myself where I can and however I can where, you know, when I have the time. And, and like I said, if I, if I had all the money in the world or a giant castle, I would have 12 dogs and I would have, you know, one of my biggest goals is cause, and I, and there's a few is that I'd like to, you know, um, end up in a pro in a place where I can have, um, kennels and, and be able to, I want to really just foster, um, seniors or, or do hospice. But the reality of it is, is that as a working musician, uh, and a, a native Angelino and a guy that, you know, is, uh, you know, pursuing an, another sort of career path uh, at the same time, again, with this voice stuff. I mean, I just took another job for Netflix today since, since I've been awake. And so, um, you know, I have to be in the LA area and in order to be in the LA area, I have to live within my means and my means are, you know, I'm in a one bedroom apartment and I, and I like it here and I'm in, I'm in sort of, you know, the Hollywood Hills, if you look at it on paper, but, um, I, I couldn't afford a house within, you know, a, a reasonable distance here. And it, and it does break my heart, but that being said, eventually someday I hope to get there. I'm really tangenting here, obviously, but, uh, um, no, but, but, it's, but, but it's a reality, but, especially but, a working musician, you know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. There shouldn't be any, uh, you know, there's no surprises or whatever, but, but I, you know, I do want to ask you about this voiceover work. Cause I know you've mentioned sure. it on uh, Twitter and, and listen, I follow your Twitter, mm -hmm. Uh, with great uh, joy. I mean, you, you, you just, because <laughs> you, you always post great stuff and, and, and you deal with, like you say, every so often a fan will write you something like, hey, you're, I, and you, you deal with them in a very uh, smart way. But uh, talk to me about this voiceover work because a lot of musicians sure. will do that. They will be, you're like, oh, you're the, you're the guy who's selling the, the Charmin toilet paper? I didn't know that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I would love a, I would love a Charmin campaign right now. I'll tell you that. Uh, who, who um, was, I mean, E.G. Daly, I think what, what, she was doing Rugrats or whatever it was, and yeah. and uh, the guy from Devo, uh, Devo, Devo, <laughs> Devo, <laughs> Mark Mothersbaugh was doing. Um, oh shit! What was he? Was he doing Rugrats too? No, he was doing. Uh, what was I'm he not doing? Sure, I actually was. I actually took a was in a workshop with E.G. Daly for like a year. Uh, I don't know. I I, I you know. And so, I know Mark Mark Slaughter does a bunch of stuff too, actually. Yeah, you, you uh, have to. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's 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 a few things. It's it's that uh, you know, there's shouldn't again, sort of like the talking about living within my means. Like, there's no, I don't think anyone should be surprised that I'm not pulling in two hundred and forty thousand dollars as a as a what I would consider a career musician. I mean, I haven't had a day job since I was 25, you know, and so for, for 12 years, so I've done okay. I live alone. You know, I don't have mommy and daddy paying my way. I don't, uh, I don't have, uh, a trust fund. I don't, you know, so I, you know, everything that I've, I've got the car I own my, my place I've worked my, my ass off for. So, and, and with that comes a little bit of, uh, you know, stand on my own two feet. And I know a lot of people that, that, in my sort of similar or peripheral, uh, similar positions that can or, or better. And then also some people that, uh, can't, can't do shit and it is what it is. But one of the things that I've done in, in over the last 10 years is try to pursue, uh, voice work because I, you know, it's something I've always been interested in since I was a kid. I used to do, remember those jerky boys tapes in the nineties? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I used to, uh, I have, I just pulled them out actually about a month ago. I have about four different 90 minute cassettes of me doing similar stuff with, uh, my best friend from middle school. And they were all, uh, uh, like skits, like different, we had different characters, like the jerky boys. We had like Mr. Mistress and his gimp and like all these weird, like, you know, this redneck farmer and like, 
being abducted by aliens and anally probed. It was just this thing. And it was a creative outlet as a teenager. And, you know, uh, when I hit puberty at like nine years old and my, my voice went dropped six octaves, uh, people have regularly commented on my, on my speaking voice. And I would just figured it'd be uh, an easy way to, you know, make a, make some money with a natural talent or whatever you want to call it. Although that might be yeah. an overstate overstatement, but I, I did a, a few courses and, and studied under a few people. And, uh, you know, the joke I say is like, well, you know, as a professionally trained voice actor. And then, um, you know, over the last maybe two years, I've started to get, you know, I've gotten a couple like little regional campaigns and, uh, a couple, you know, I'm on my fourth show for Netflix now, which is, you know, features my voice and, uh, and a few other things, uh, the 69 eyes from Finland, which is a great, uh, Finnish band that have won a couple, I think Grammys over there, uh, narrated the doc, their documentary for their 30th anniversary and just a bunch of random stuff. I just, uh, actually Kate, uh, I don't know if I should mention this, but oh, well, Kate, who's married to chips enough, uh, actually just hired me for something, uh, for something she's doing completely not music related. And, uh, so, you know, people just hit me up periodically and I'm just trying to get more involved in that and ideally if i could do anything with it it's is i would love to be doing animation i would love to do just strictly character driven stuff and so wouldn't that be anyone, great and, and i yeah. do want i do want to correct one thing Mar uh, mark mothersbaugh of devo uh, yeah. did the music for rugrats for 13 uh, years so so okay. he did the music for rugrats um so i i want to ask you a, a couple of things there uh, first of all uh, i think fans sometimes are amazed that uh, our bands that we love, that we go pay money to see, some of them when they go home, uh, I, I know a lot of guys that either drive for Lyft or drive for Uber, and yeah. there, there's absolutely nothing wrong. You got to do what you got to do to survive. I mean, it's just it's, it's a reality. So nothing embarrassing there. Um, yeah. Uh, but um, but in terms of the voiceover work, are are there things that you do on a regular basis? Is there an animated series on Disney X that you do? Is there a commercial that plays where you say, where's the beef? And, and oh, that's <laughs> you. Like, or is it just sort of random stuff that as a fan, if I wanted to go listen, I'd really have to do homework to sort of find? It's really more the latter. However, um, I've got my, my voice in, um, the stuff that's available now is, uh, there's a show on Netflix called Marianne. Uh, it's a, I don't know what region it's from. It's a, it was a dub job. Um, and so I'm Pierre, uh, the, uh, hell it actually might actually be French. Uh, but, uh, I'm Pierre, the lead's boyfriend in the first season. And then I just did a bunch of stuff for a show called money heist on that's on Netflix as well. Um, and then I'm doing some stuff right now. That's not, uh, not hasn't gone to streaming yet, but it's, um, in production obviously would have been, uh, on the platform had COVID not sort of put the world on pause, but, um, I'm still, uh, I'm still really busy with it. I've actually, I think I've done more work voice, work, uh, related in the last six months than I have in probably two years. So, yeah. uh, you know, it could be a blessing in disguise, but uh, that's kind of it. Everything else you'd really have to dig for. I did a regional campaign for a, a, a title pawn loaning, like a like a, a small franchise of uh, what do you call it? like like pawn shops, basically. Right, and right. a couple a couple other like on the East Coast, a couple other ran random things. And most of the stuff I just sort of, um, you know, I put on my resume and then I sort of um, forget about. Forget so I have to actually. 
pull it up right now and look. And, and but, by the way, for L.A. Guns, the next album should be called yeah. Pierre. It should be called Pierre. Just bonjour. L.A. Guns, Pierre. Uh, that'd be a great title. <laughs> um, <laughs> c'est bon. C'est bon. C'est bon, le Pierre. Uh, all right. So let me get off of that for a second. Sure, One sure. of the things that happened recently in terms of uh, us on Twitter getting all is I started talking about how Tiffany has an album called, uh, I think it's called Shallow. Yep. And the, the, the fun part of it is that Tracy, yourself, Johnny, and, and everybody else from LA Guns yeah. plays on this track. And people are like, oh, it's Tiffany from the, she's a you know a pop star from the, but she's also an incredible person. I mean, you, I follow her on Twitter and, and she's just always very kind to fans. And every time a fan has said, oh, I went to her show and I met her, she was super nice. Here are the pictures. Um, talk to me about this sort of weird, well, not, no, maybe not weird, but this, this collaboration of, you know, an 80s hard rock metal band with a pop queen? Uh, well, you know, I think the whole thing kind of came about from Johnny Martin um, and uh, LA Guns bass player. And Johnny had played on her previous record and had maybe even done a few jams or shows or whatnot with her. And we we met formally maybe a year and a half ago. And then eventually uh, we did this event that they do every year, the rock against MS here in the LA area. And uh, she and I did a song or two together, I believe, and really, uh, you know, kind of hit it off. And she's, you know, everything you just mentioned is absolutely true. I mean, she's such a wonderful person, really cool, really down to earth, not, not a diva esque bone in her body. And, um, we went to the same event in January. I, I think it was at the whiskey and her producer, Mark approached me and was like, Hey, Tiffany and I were just talking about you. And I said, Oh, uh Oh, <laughs> and she, and he goes, uh, we're doing a song on the new record and we were wondering if you'd want to play on it. And I said, yeah, absolutely. Can consider me in. And so, uh, you know, it's just, like a lot of things in probably any industry, you make friends and you, you know, you're like, Oh, how can we, you know, how can we work together? How can we collaborate? You know, it's just how it is. And, and it was great. And I don't know if she's formally announced what the song is, uh, that the four of us are on. So I'm going to refrain from mentioning it, but, um, cause I know that the first single was just issued and, and, uh, I think there might've been some confusion by a few people, because the the first single, although I can't remember the title of it off the top of my head, does not feature us. I think it was just released maybe a week ago. I think what I heard was the song that we're on is coming out maybe next month, very soon. I don't know. Well, um, from what I've heard, because I, I spoke to her manager, is there's this acoustic EP or whatever going out soon. And mm-hmm. then in the fall, most likely October, there's going to be this full-length album. That, that's how – anyway – Listen, we will let Tiffany announce Tiffany's stuff, uh, but let's let's just say that at some point there will be, in 2020, a song with the guys from L.A. Guns and Tiffany, and I'm assuming it will be fantastic. Um, It's great. It's a great song, and and she, just like her tune, is is fantastic. I, I adore her. And I, I and I will say this uh, about Tiffany, and this is a, a and in fact a very very true true story. When my daughter was born in 2003, uh, she went through colic. She was a colicky baby, and we tried everything. You know, driving around the block, uh, bas- you know, in the arms, uh, TV, and for some reason, 
whenever we played Tiffany's I Think We're Alone Now, and, I, and it came up randomly, it was like on the radio at one, Jada would fall asleep. And every time she would go into these colicky fits that would last an hour to a, we would go, just find that song and we'd play it and she'd fall asleep. And it was like, oh, Tiffany's I Think We're Alone Now is the <laughs> cure to Jada's colic. And it, it worked every single time for whatever it took, whatever the call, it was like six months or and it worked. It was just the funniest thing. So, so when I think of Tiffany and I think of that right away, I just think of the relief that she gave my ears from the fact that Jada, my daughter at the time, who's now 17, would just wow. cry nonstop until that song and only that song. We tried songs that sounded sort of similar. We, we tried poison songs. Nah, <laughs> not nah, a, nothing, <laughs> nothing. She, she only went for only that. Song. And even if we did, um, uh, she's only 17 or whatever, the other songs that, t- no, no, it had to be, I think we're alone anyway. So there you go. Uh, LA guns. We, we have now gone 20 minutes and we really haven't talked about LA guns, but let's, what? let's wrap up on this new sure. song is let you down. Yes, sir. Um, you know, listen, there are, there are two competing LA guns out there. Let's not get into that. But this L.A. Guns, this song, Let You Down, is a bona fide classic. It really is a good song. And and honestly, it, it is just, it blew me away. I didn't expect it. Yeah. Wow. Um, talk to me about that song. Is it just a sort of random single and that's it? Because, uh, you know, people do just put out singles. Or is there a full-length album, hopefully called Pierre, coming down the uh, road? There's definitely an album's worth of material Um, written and i've heard pretty much most of it in various stages of production um i think anything really beyond that i I don't know if i can comment too much on but uh you know what i what i was told formally was it's a standalone single that may be on the next record and it may not be you know it's it's sort of up in the air right now i think um it was something that we all really gravitated to as a song um, everybody across the board, including, um, management and whatnot. And it just seemed like, you know, let's just put something out and, uh, you know, why not? You know, I mean, everyone's kind of at home. I think it's a great, uh, lead single to, to start off with towards the third, um, record in the, in the reunion chamber here, if you will. And, um, I'm happy to be a part of this band and, and, you know, I've contributed a couple songs, um, whether they make it to the album or not is not up to me, but I know, um, last, last I heard at least, uh, they were intended on going on. So we'll see, you know, again, that's sort of, um, a bit, um, you know, it's up in the it's air. Not, it's, yeah. It's not my decision to make, but, um, uh, I'll, you know, but, uh, I'm really happy with the stuff I've heard. And I think, um, I, it's always interesting. I, I kind of roll my eyes whenever I see people poo poo the, the reunion or whatever you want to call it, because it's like, uh, you know, as a guy that's working in close proximity with all these people for months out of the last two years of my life, it's interesting when someone, buddy who's like, well, I've never actually met them, but let me tell you how I know more than you do, <laughs> you know? And, uh, it's a really, it's, it, everything works really well in this band. And I really look forward to, uh, putting my little mark on the, the, the next record and, and seeing it through. And, and I think everyone will be really excited with it, especially those who liked the, 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 fir- this first single. And I'll ask you uh, two last questions. Uh, first sure. of all, on the single, you had Adam uh, Hamilton drum on it because Correct. of the COVID thing. You couldn't get 
the actual guys in the band, you had to sort of do what you could. And Adams produced some of this stuff, and he's, of course, yeah. been in L.A. Guns and Drums. Uh, so that must have been an interesting twist to sort of get him on there. And um, I think it was I think it was a great, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of sort of like keeping it in the family and like continuity. Um, and, and, you know, I've definitely been in bands where I was like, hey, this guy's not in the band anymore, but we should get him to play on a song. And, and then on the flip side, I've been that guy. So uh, I think it was cool. Adam, you know, d- produced, co-produced, whatever you call it, engineered the Christmas fun little punk EP we did in the fall. And uh, it made sense. I mean, we would attract drums at his place anyhow. And so, and he's a phenomenal drummer to, to boot. So it just, it was just an easy means to an end. And, you know, um, Johnny and I are able to record in our own capacity, uh, you know, obviously, Scott being a drummer, it's not the, it's not as easy to record an entire drum kit. Whereas Adam has a drum studio, a studio with drum set up in it. So it was just, you know, versus having Coogan, you know, sort of in the height of, uh, COVID. COVID. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it just was like, let's just do it this way. And everybody seemed to be okay with it. So That's, I'm um, perfectly okay with it. And I, and I enjoyed the fact that Adam would go to his Facebook and, uh, uh Twitter and, and post little videos of him playing drums and go, I got a secret project coming up. And then <laughs> the song comes out and you go, Oh, look at you, you sly little dog. Smart, smart. I like that. Uh, and then we'll finish quickly on Another Christmas in Hell. Now, that was yeah. completely unexpected. Uh, I mean, it's a lark. It's, it's, it's funny. It's, it's a, and I don't mean funny in a disparaging way, like it's a joke. It's, it, it's just a fun. It's meant to be fun. That, yeah. That's the, the first thing out of my mouth. I mean, when we were talking about doing it, I thought it was a joke. I was like, yeah, Christmas EP. And you know what? I had so much fucking fun making that thing. And it was very, but you know, everyone in this band, um, you know, with maybe the exception of Scott and, and that's not a, a derogatory remark. Everyone in this band has a really deep rooted punk rock background, you know, talking with Phil on the road about seeing the damned in 79 and generation X in 1980. And, you know, all these bands that, you know, stuff I love, and Tracy talking about the germs and the misfits and, and all this stuff, you know, and, and it's, you know, we all have really eclectic musical tastes and the same thing with Johnny. So it was like, you know, why don't we do a couple? And it wasn't initially meant to be as punk rock as it, and I think as it ended up being, but, uh, it just, we wanted to have fun and we picked, I think we each picked a, a, a song and, uh, mine was the damned cover of course, cause I'm a huge fan. And, uh, and it just, we did it at Adams and, and it was great and a lot of fun. And, you know, Tracy recorded his stuff remotely and Phil did his stuff, you know, um, I, I, I'm not sure if he did it at home, but, or at another studio near his place, but, you know, kind of like this single, we all did it remotely from our each, what was, you know, accessible to us and, uh, and banged it out. And I had so much fun in the, the Shatner intro, uh, you know, for those of you who might not have heard it, uh, William Shatner introduces the whole thing and this little sketch or skit, I should say. And it's really cool. And it's just fun. It's not meant to be taken seriously. It's just a fun little Christmas thing to throw on. And, and our little, we even did a, what, 12 second rendition of dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. Um, you know, it's great. Uh, my, my only disappointment is that it's not on CD because I'm a physical guy. You know, I I don't like owning airs, but I had, yeah, I, I actually, uh, 
pushed for a vinyl release and it's, you know, it's very expensive and it just seemed like, you know, again, it's sort of not up to me, obviously, but I would have loved to seen it on even a limited CD press or, you know, like a tour package with like a live song on the B side kind of thing. But again, it's not up to me and that would have been great too, but it just was meant to like, Hey, we just had fun. We recorded this in the, in four days. Here it is. It's on digital don't you know don't overthink it and have fun with it and and there you go exactly you know, so. and and listen when the next album comes out you can throw these on as bonus tracks and just clearly say hey bonus tracks you get four or five extra tracks enjoy it well Why yeah not? and and you know what and and don't you know obviously you're quoting me this whole time but don't quote me on this verbatim but <laughs> what i suggested and this could go one way or the other was i suggested we do a second volume of it down the road then comp it into one full length sort of you know you got christmas and hell one and two as a sort of you know let's say 12 song cd or lp or whatever that doesn't mean that it'll happen but i thought that might be a means to an end for those who yes. were interested in something like that so yes. who knows you know yes. who knows yeah and listen uh since, since this does go out on air as as recorded Fans, yeah, yeah. fans will clearly hear you say that it is a idea <laughs> and that it is a concept and it is not yeah. Next week, this album's no. It's it is yeah. a concept, and it's a good con. In fact, I I like that concept. So either you know the 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 bonus track concept, or we'll make five more, and it'll be an album. Either one, yeah. I'm good with. So yeah, let's just go. have fun with it, you know. And there'll be there'll be the next full length album will be an LA Guns record, and who knows, maybe down the line we'll do another fun little just for shits and giggles thing, you know. I, I'm I'm okay with it, you know, because it's nice to break out of just being like. You know, I have to be serious guy all the time. And we had so much fun goofing around, just doing the backup vocals and all the, it's not you know, the tambourine, if you will, and stuff you don't really hear in the mix and whatever else, uh, shakers and cowbell and all that. It was a blast. So See, it's nice, nice yeah. to break out from just the like serious rock guy into some, you know, smiling occasion, occasionally. I, I don't want to blow agree. my street cred. And remember, <laughs> if you need some tambourine, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm I'll here. Call. We will call you. <laughs> All right, there you go. On that, uh, Ace, as we say in Montreal, merci beaucoup. An absolute pleasure. And uh, just keep doing what you're doing on the socials. I, I just find it fascinating. I, I just think it's a fun follow. And I think fans will find it a fun follow. And, you know, you don't take yourself too seriously. And you post. Uh, never. It's 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 great. And, uh, and, and also, I will say this. I have seen the band perform with you in it. And it is a solid unit. It's it's a great it's a great band. It's you know Johnny has that that, that freaking look. He just he just looks like a mean ass bass player. And anyway, it's it's and it's great. Merci. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Mitch. Cheers. All right. Ever wonder what Vince Neil would sound like if he was a black belt in Taekwondo? <laughs> what about what his favorite McDonald's menu item is? Just hold the pickles. This is Rock Talk with Mitch Lafon.